Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Paona, and the Gospel today is from Luke chapter 5. And the theme of this Coptic month is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit works in our life. And if you saw the, the Pauline epistle today, it teaches how, it talked about how the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And you know, last week we celebrated the feast of Pentecost. And we started the fast of the apostles. And if you think about what made the apostles, the apostles... What made them successful evangelists and missionaries? What enabled them to endure trial, tribulation? What gave them power? It was the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. And in the Gospel of today, it says that God was there and wanted to show His power to them. He wanted to show His power to them. And... How he showed his power to them was, he said to the paralyzed man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And in response, the Pharisees said a true statement. They said, who can forgive sins but God alone? It is only God that can forgive sins. But after the death, and resurrection of the Lord. One of the first things that the Lord said to His disciples after the resurrection was, Receive the Holy Spirit. The sins that you forgive, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so I feel this is the reason this gospel is chosen for today. To remind us specifically of the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit in our life is to forgive sins. To forgive sins. And that's why St. Paul, like he says in, in Romans, he says, All have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the rest of the verse, it it speaks about the grace of God. And it says, but His grace and His forgiveness, because of His grace and forgiveness, now we don't fall short of the glory of God anymore. Actually, quite the opposite. Actually, now man is full of the glory of God. It said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But now I see man is full of the glory of God. Because man is full of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I I read something this week that I loved from St. John Chrysostom. He said, paradise, like the Garden of Eden, was entrusted to us. Garden of Eden entrusted to us. And we were shown unworthy to live there. Because we ate from the tree. Yet he exalted us to heaven. In the first things we were found unfaithful. And yet he committed to us greater things. We could not refrain from a single tree. And yet he has provided for us the lights above. We kept not our place in paradise. We couldn't stay in the garden of Eden. So he opened the doors of heaven for us. This is forgiveness. This is the grace of the Holy Spirit in our life. And even though 
We didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve it. God bestowed on us greater honor in our life. And actually, when you look at the, the gospel of today, and you look at the word that was used for forgive, it's, it was a verb, to forgive. The Greek verb, to forgive, corresponds to the Greek noun for liberty. And this gives us a greater understanding of what it means to be forgiven. Forgiven gives liberty. Forgiveness gives liberty. It is freedom. Sin is the opposite. Sin is the opposite. Sin leads us to paralysis. Sin leads us to bondage. Sin leads us to slavery. Forgiveness is the opposite. It cuts the chain. It gives us freedom. And that's why our Lord, He said something very beautiful in John chapter 8. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin, whoever commits a sin is, is a slave of sin. And He said, the slave does not abide in the house forever. But he says, a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free indeed. And that is why forgiveness is so important. Without forgiveness, we will be slaves. Without forgiveness, we will be outside the house will be outside the house. We wouldn't be able to get into the house because the door would be closed. Imagine yourself trapped in a prison cell. This is sin. I'm trapped. How do I get out of this prison cell? I need forgiveness to open the door. And that's why I feel forgiveness is what allowed the crowds to meet in the house where Christ was. Yani forgiveness lets us into the house. Or maybe forgiveness allows us to come through the ceiling in this case. Forgiveness allowed the sinful woman to wash the feet of the Lord. You know, the Pharisee said, This man, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who touch him, for she is sinner. And the Lord, He knew that she was sinner. But the Pharisee didn't realize that the Lord is forgiver of sins. She is a sinner, but the Lord is the forgiver of sin. And forgiveness allows us to approach God. It allows us to even approach the sacrament of communion, even when we are not worthy and we're not worthy and we fight and we do a lot of things not worthy. But we come, we plead for His forgiveness and He allows us to partake in His mystery. Forgiveness allows even the Pharisee to question the Lord and to doubt His power. Because they may doubt today or they may have doubted on that day but He showed them even more. And that's why they say he did the miracle and said, rise up and take your bed. Because he wanted to show that I have authority. He said that the Son of Man has authority. 
So he has the ability to forgive sin and to, to raise up. So even the ones who doubted, he gives them another chance to believe. He gives them another chance to believe. And even the ones who crucified Christ, the ones who committed the most yani, like egregious sin against Christ, even our Lord, when he was talking to Pilate, he told Pilate, he said, the ones who, the one who delivered me to you has the, has the greater sin. The one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And that's going to the cross. And the irony and the wisdom of God is that the greatest sin in humanity, the greatest sin of humanity was crucifying the Lord. And the greatest sin of humanity provided forgiveness for the whole world, for all the sins of the world. And even the ones who participated in the crucifixion, the Lord, He prayed for them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know, what they, they know not what they do. And even the one who stabbed the Lord was forgiven and became a saint in the church. And St. Peter, who betrayed the Lord, he became, he's still the leader of the apostles. So God is good and God is forgiving. And this isn't just a New Testament idea. This is, God is God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The other day I was reading in Micah, and Micah lived at the time of like Assyrian and captivity and a lot of bad things going on in the nation of, of, of Israel. And look at what Micah says in his prophecy. He says, who is a God like you? Is there a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression over the, of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. Hear this part. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham. Today I hope we can experience this healing power of God to forgive our sins. Because I feel once we feel the forgiveness of God in our life, when we feel that God has truly forgiven us, this will transform our lives and our relationships with others. Yani, one thing that I see so often is that many people think of forgiveness as a process. As a process. And I think forgiveness is a process when I have anger, when I have resentment, when I have pain. All of these things hinders my ability to, to forgive. But I want to say one principle that I think is an, is an important principle. My ability to forgive others is an indication of my spiritual maturity. 
the ability to forgive others, like the more easily that I can do this, the more the grace of God is working in my life. And when I want to make forgiveness a process, perhaps this is an indication that I have forgotten my like own sins. And maybe I don't recognize my own sins, or maybe I forgot my own sins. And you might say, well, the other party is not sorry yet. Or you might say the other party keeps doing wrong. So why would I forgive? And I think the Catholic epistle of today, St. Peter reminded us not to forget that we have been forgiven. Look at what St. Peter says in the Catholic epistle today. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. And then he says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what if you don't have these things? What if I don't want to be kind? What if I don't want to forgive? What if I don't want to have brotherly kindness? What if I want to hold on to my anger? What if I want to be resentful? You know what St. Peter says? He says, he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. And he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So if we remember we have been cleansed from our old sins, we will be so quick to, to forgive others. I was reading a story in the paradise of the desert fathers. It said, an old man was asked... What is humility? And the desert father said, The way of humility is to undertake bodily labor and to believe yourself a sinner and make yourself subject to all. Then a brother said, What does it mean to be subject to all? The old man answered, To be subject to all is not to give your attention to the sins of others, but always to give your attention to your own sins and to pray without ceasing to God. And there's a couple parts that I like in here. The way of humility is to undertake bodily labor. Bodily labor makes you like humble. And the second one is to keep your attention on your, your your own sins. On your own sins. And the last one, to pray without ceasing. And I think this is why, if you look at the gospel of today, when the Lord said, you know, you're healed, He told him to rise, take up his bed. Why to take up his bed? Why not just leave it here? But to take up your bed is to engage in this, like bodily labor. Not to forget that you were once laying on this bed, and you spent your whole life on this bed. And similarly, in John 5, he said the same thing to the other paralytic man. Rise, take up your bed. I want you to remember that this bed is the thing that kept you paralyzed. You were stuck on this bed. And if you remember this, that you were stuck on this bed, 
then you will be able to remember and to recall the grace of God that is working in your life. So it's not that when God does something, you know, like great in our life, we forget everything in the past. Actually, we remember all the shortcomings that we do. Not to keep us in sadness or mourning, but to remember and to see how good God is in our life. And that's why, like when you look at St. Paul, and you look at his life, he said, like for instance to the Galatians, he said, you have heard my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure. Look at how St. Paul, he remembers how he persecuted the church. He didn't forget that he was you know, from the strictest sect of the Pharisees. He said, I was exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my father's womb and called me through his grace. He remembered the grace of God. And this grace, when you compare it, when you see the before and after, it's wow. If you see the like before and after, then you say, wow, God did so much in my life. But if we just... Forget the past, which is sometimes what we, like I feel these days we either cling too much to the past, and we're, or we live in the past, and we won't let go of the past. Or we just want to forget everything, and we just want to be apathetic, and we just don't, no, there is a balance. We remember the past because then the past shows how great the grace of God is. And that's why when you look at the saints, like you look at St. Moses, we recall his past. We recall his past. And when you think of St. Mary of Egypt, we think of, we say, she was kidda, 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 and she did all of these sins. But the grace of God that came into their life shows the power of the Holy Spirit. It shows the power of the transformation. I read a lot these days about forgiveness. And I can't say that anything that I read in the literature is Christian, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Everything in the literature says, oh, you can forgive but not be reconciled. It's like, Tablan, what's the point of forgiveness? Oh, you can forgive, but you don't have to trust. What's the point of forgiveness then? <laughs> oh, you can forgive, but... And it can be conditional. Okay, then what's the point of forgiveness? There's obviously some discernment that needs to be in this. But if you think about this, think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Did He put conditions on His forgiveness? Or did He just come to offer forgiveness? And you can take it. You can reject the forgiveness of God. You can reject the mercy of God. But He came to offer forgiveness free for everyone. This is grace. And I think the same way that Christ came without stipulation, without, uh, without condition, you have to do this. No, 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 no. He just said, come, say sorry, be reconciled. I think we need to have this, this, this like, idea of forgiveness and without like, stipulation, be the first to, to, to ask for forgiveness. This would, be, this would transform the way we live. I hope these days we think about God's forgiveness in our life. The Holy Spirit allows us to see our own self. And once we feel we have been forgiven, we can offer forgiveness to others. And glory be to God forever. Amen.